Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say, say we both recommend this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch this. Worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you're 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and jump back in? All right, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> hey, Streaming Wastelanders, happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland, or should I say Streaming Thanksland. This week, we're taking a look at 2018's The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, rated R on Netflix. We are talking about movies we are thankful for. This one was chosen by our very own Ringo. Say hi, Ringo. Hi, Ringo. As you guys know, as always, I'm Greg. If Ringo's not talking, it's the other one, and that's me. We're going to dive right into it here because we've got a lot to say about these movies. They're obviously our favorites. Like I said, 2018's Ballad of Buster Scruggs, rated R on Netflix, has a shitload of people in it. I started writing this cast list out, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to name some names of famous people. And so we've got an ensemble cast, including James Franco, Liam Neeson, Tom Waits, Clancy Brown, Brendan Gleeson, and Zoe Kazan. I'm going to give this movie a trigger warning for violence and violence played for comedy, violence against women, mistreatment of amputees, and very flat one-note depictions of indigenous people. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, This movie is a set of vignettes set in the post-Civil War Old West, uh, and it reimagines classic Western tropes with a modern twist on many of those old movies. Uh, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, our opener, gives us a twist on the singing cowboy, both an updated and reimagining of classic Gene Autry-style movies. The second bit, near Algodonis, I believe is probably the most famous for the first-time meme with James Franco, but uses the very tight 11 minutes of its runtime to tell a story about a crook who is always just a step behind. The third short, Meal Ticket, sees Liam Neeson as a traveling showman, and his show is an armless and legless man who recites various poetry and is eventually replaced by a chicken. Following that, we get All Gold Valley, in which a mere two actors, Tom Waits and Sam Dillon, play out the conflict over a gold claim. The penultimate story, The Gal Who Got Rattled, stars Zoe Kazan as a young woman headed out west on a wagon train only for everything to go wrong. And finally, the movie ends with Mortal Remains, a stagecoach ride for three people that turns out to be their coach to the afterlife. Let's hear from the critics. Just kidding. These are our movies. I don't really give a shit what the critics have to say about it. We pick <laughs> these movies. Critics can lick my sack. So Ringo, this is one of your picks. Why'd you, why'd you highlight Ballad of Buster Scruggs? You ended up asking me what movies am I thankful for, and I was struggling to go ahead and think of any movies to go ahead and put up here, but then I was scrolling through Netflix trying to go ahead and get my mind to, to work on this, and I saw The Ballad of Buster Scrubs, and I was like, oh shit, I, I really enjoyed it when you pointed that one out to me the first time, and I went and watched it, and like how Buster Scrubs just throws you for a loop, because I'm like, oh, this guy's your typical cowboy who can't lose. But we have lines like, you shoot an iron work, and he goes bang appears to yes and the guy gets a bullet to his head and then just continues on like blasting people like they don't exist Mm -hmm. only to have it end when we have a guy who shows up playing harmonica and busts scrubs who has for this entire like section talk through the whole entire thing he is speechless and he goes oh you had that that was a sweet sound you you make there and he goes yeah i've been following you for a while and i've been hunting you down and then returns the same line that Buster scrubs gave to the first guy and he goes do you need to count and Buster scrubs goes no bang and he takes around to his head and he dies mm-hmm. but I, I don't know it was just it was an interesting play on the western because i remember you and i've talked about growing up watching westerns and loving the hell out of them mm-hmm. you're you're always following one character and that one character almost never loses and if they do lose mm-hmm. 
there's a reason why they lost. But like Buster Scrubs didn't seem like he was ever going to lose. He's even got a, got a pistol drawn on him when he doesn't have anything on him, and he still wins. Yeah, you know, he's talking about when he's he kicks the table and shoots that guy. It makes, yeah, <laughs> four times. <laughs> bang, <Yeah>. bang, bang, bang. <laughs> so good. And then, but you just get like these small stories that like are really well tied together not tied together but they're really tied well tied up you get the beginning the middle and the end they're very efficient i think the only one that i think really dragged slowly was the the one meal ticket i think that one was the only one that like every time i watch this kind of drags a little bit it does slow down the action quite a bit because there's very little actual action in it Mm mm-hmm uh, and then the one that I have the most issue with is the one that comes right after. I think it's the one that comes right after it. The uh, lady who's the traveling to one? Oregon. No, oh, not no, the, it's the second to last one. Okay, yeah, the, second to the last. The gal one. who got rattled. Stories, the gal who got rattled. Yeah. yeah, just just because of the portrayal of the indigenous folk. But I mean, yeah. So that's a Western trope, and it is yeah. something that I feel like it could be done better. And I think. I think if this was uh, an attempt to make an actual modern Western and not pay homage, but also twist on classic Westerns, I don't think it would have been done this way. I I hope it wouldn't have been done this way. But but yeah, you're right. It's very one note, right? Like they show up and they're savages who want to kill people. And you're like, cool. Glad that got made. But Mm -hmm. that's how those old Western movies were. So it's worth pointing out that this is yet another movie that doesn't have a great betrayal of indigenous people. Also, not really a great portrayal of any women in this movie yeah. either. In case you've never seen a Western, they're not known for their strong female leads, and this movie follows suit. Yeah. And I, I think I also appreciated this one, minus like the complaint right there about the, the indigenous portrayal, was just because each story doesn't need the, the prior story to lean on. It's, like I said, self-contained. James Franco robs a bank and then gets shot in the leg, and then you hear a guy go, pan shot, pan shot. <laughs> And it just, something about the, the old man screaming pan shot while he's got like 10 pans strapped to his body. And James Franco Fantastic. is just like, Fantastic. James Franco is just pulling the trigger going, and he hears pan shot before taking the butt of the shotgun to his face. Yeah. And then he gets home. This, yeah, this literally might be my favorite James Franco movie. Like, I, I don't really like James Franco very much. I can't think of very many things that I've seen him in that I'm like, yeah, and him. But he's perfect for this. The it's a full eleven minutes, and it's a tight eleven minutes. It's probably the the highlight, in my opinion, of the series. With the the other one that I really like is All Gold Valley because I really <laughs> like when a movie just takes like the minimal amount of stuff you need to do to tell me a story. I find that very interesting. I think the idea of minimalist storytelling can be like it's hard to do for a full story, like a full ninety minutes, because at a certain point you do either run into a situation where you're going to have to add more and it might feel awkward or you run into a situation where you're going to get real samey real quick but for a short there's like maybe 10 lines of dialogue in that whole bit yeah and most of it is just done through through emoting we don't know these characters they're not from previous stories as Ringo said all the stories are disconnected and self-contained and we get just these two, like Tom Waits finds gold. Sam Dillon shoots him, tries to take his gold. Tom Waits is faking dead, shoots him, throws him in the river, finishes mining the gold, moves on with his life. I I gotta say, I like how he ends up running to the to the river. He's you didn't shoot, you just shot the guts. Nothing important. It went through. You shot me in the back, and he's <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah, man. <laughs> 
It's so dis- he is so disconnected with what he's saying in that moment. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that would be me, man. I'd just be screaming yeah. some bullshit. If I took a gut shot and I was still living and I wanted to get the gold, I'd be saying all kinds of wild shit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Haven't you ever seen James Bond? Dave Chappelle? Ah! Just like yelling. Be like <laughs> Howard Dean out there. Uh, we've done this podcast enough that if I was out there digging for gold and someone shot me in the back, I'd be like, I got a podcast. <laughs> then they'd shoot you again. <laughs> I'm pretty sure for most people, people who have a podcast are the goddamn worst. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're probably not wrong. Yeah. I got a podcast. Yeah, so this movie's from the Coen brothers. They're famous for a shitload of shit, but they've made stuff in this genre before, specifically Oh Brother, Where Art? That was also an old-timey movie that is one of theirs. So if you're familiar with the Coen brothers' work, stuff like Burn After Reading, then you probably know how a lot of this vibe of the movie is. But they, they do use for the first, I'd say four films maybe even five they really go with a subversion of expectations as Ringo touched on Buster Scruggs our, our title character he's introduced playing a guitar riding his horse by the end of his vignette which is maybe 15 minutes I didn't time them all but he is dead he's lying on the ground and he floats off into heaven singing a song about the great ranch in the sky and he he dies saying oh you can't expect to be top dog forever and then he collapses to the ground and the new guy is the new Buster Scruggs. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We, we don't really follow up on that because we don't need to. The story's done. But yeah, it's something they play at the the whole time. The the gal who got rattled that Zahn is told, if the natives capture me, then shoot yourself so you don't become a captive. And it looks like the guy who is trying to protect her is defeated. And so she kills herself. But then twist, the guy actually is fine. He looks over and she's dead from the pistol shot to the head like he said she should do if he went down. It's a lot of subversion of expectation. I think that this is a really fun movie. It is, I'll, I'll be honest, it's long and yes. it works to its advantage that it's in vignettes and streaming because you can just stop after a given story. If, you, if you're if you not going to have time, it's two hours and 15 minutes uh, of runtime. And if you're not going to have time to finish a given tale, you can just stop before it starts because it is effectively chaptered up. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's really, really good. If, if you're a Western fan, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure oh, you got more to say about it. I'm just yapping away. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're... I, I appreciate your your opinions on it because you watched it with me. The other tale that I that I really appreciate is the the last one, the the one where they're in the coach and we need to stop. And the the two bounty hunters slash reapers, as they call themselves, go. Oh, he never stops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we have these three people that are philosophizing about how there are two people in the world and one's the sinless and the sinful the ferrets and the non-ferrets the poker players and not poker players or something like that and it's Mm -hmm. just i don't know it was an interesting take on the aspect of, of three different people living and like how at the end of the at the end of the time at the end of their day they all end up dead and they all end up having to take the same ride mm-hmm and it goes, I think that one, that one's probably the farthest stretch from a traditional country movie, but it actually fits a lot in the themes of country music, I think, which is uh, older country music before it was country western or what is now country. But this idea that 
there's a lot of songs out there talk about, oh, like, old Billy ran through town all day long. He was hustling cattle. He was fucking women. He was being the champion of champions. But at the end of the day, time caught up to him and we all die. And that's that's a common theme in those old songs. The, the hero dies either heroically or fades away as an old person, right? And that's what happens to all of the protagonists in those old songs. They almost all pass away in one way or another. I think that's that's what that movie touches on thematically, but it is a bit of a twist because you're looking for you're looking for another straightforward setup where you're like, what could go wrong? Not realizing that what could go wrong happened to these people already. Mm-hmm. We don't even see it. We don't know how they died. We don't know. We don't really even know much about the two bounty hunters they're with. It's just one of those things where they're told, by the way, we're not really like bounty hunter bounty hunters. We're coachmen on the river sticks going to Fort Mason, and they're like. And they're like, yeah, I mean, you can say what you want. It's not really going to change anything. And then they're like, fuck, I guess we're dead. And they just <laughs> go through. Well, and I, I like how the uh, the lady was like, <laughs> the, the coach stops. The quote unquote bounty hunters get out. They pull their body down and they're watching this. And then they just sit in the coach for a minute. Just what do we do? And finally, the the religious woman goes, someone needs to help me out of this coach. A lady needs to be helped out of the coach. And the the dude who lived in the wild all of his life and was like a piece of shit (laughs) is the one to help her down. Not not the French guy. It's the piece of shit. Hell yeah. Well, you know how the French are. (laughs) (laughs) The only women I help are my livers. (laughs) (laughs) Pancha. Pancha. (laughs) <laughs> also i that liked how be... they they had the the toll of the bell in the background and you can it's barely audible yeah oh man yeah there's that's one of the the best things about this movie there's so many little touches to mm-hmm. the whole thing that add a air of like familiarity but also like just a little bit of layer of depth and foreshadowing um, like um the the pan shot the the bank robbery one when mm-hmm. he like he's just standing there by the by the well you can hear the rope of the well going and it's just mm-hmm. foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like the, the telltale heart, right? He keeps mm-hmm. hearing ropes creak. And the next thing you know, he's, he's hung for the, the second time. I, yeah, I was after near Al, Algodonis that I realized what was going on in this movie. I didn't know it was a series of vignettes when I first put it on. I had mm-hmm. no idea. I just heard good things about it. Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting down, I watched it, and I saw the bus show thing. I was like, oh, okay, like wacky entry, but maybe now James Franco has to chase down this other dude, and maybe he's uh, Stevie Scruggs, and he's got to <laughs> go avenge his brother. But then he died, and we started our new story with Liam Neeson. I was like, oh, I see what's happening here. <laughs> I'm not always a reader. Sometimes I just put on something because I heard it's good with minimal research just to see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this was... I was expecting something like 310 to Yuma, True Grit, uh, yeah. High Plains Drifter. I'm, I am surprised that, like there wasn't a reference to like the searchers in this movie, mm-hmm. but they didn't really specifically call out any one given movie. They really just took themes and I guess characters from other movies and turned them into kind of like bits for this. Yeah. And it, it works really well. I think that. This is a fun movie. It's a fun watch pretty much all the way through. It really does slow down with Meal Ticket. It's a very... It's not nearly as action-packed as the first two stories. There's no gunshots, I don't think. There is one hooker, and there's a chicken. (laughs) But that's... (laughs) 
The closest thing I think we get to a gunshot is when Liam Neeson throws the rock into the river to kind of like see what would happen, and then he just like saunters up to the the guy that he's keeping with him because we don't get mm-hmm. we don't get their names in that one. I don't think. Yeah, if we do, I don't remember catching. Okay. Them. Yeah, and he just saunters up, and then it cuts to Liam Neeson with the chicken rolling down to another city, and there's nobody in the back, and you're just like, oh, yeah. so he, he did kill that guy. <laughs> so the rock was a test. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, for anyone that d- decides to not watch Meal Ticket, that's perfectly fine. Liam Neeson is hanging out with a guy who doesn't have legs or arms, and he has to take care of him. And he's, I found him in London or France or something like that and brought him here. Yeah. And the guy rides around, and he's basically a show. He recites poems, etc. And throughout the the story, that the crowds are slowly dwindling, and so he's not making as much money. And obviously, he has to pay for two. He has to keep this guy sheltered and fed, while also keeping himself sheltered and fed. And then, yeah, he runs across a chicken that can quote unquote do math, and people seem way more excited by that. And I I do wonder if part of that is a statement on the nature of entertainment in general, right? Mm -hmm. So here's this guy reciting famous biblical stories, famous Shakespearean sonnets and plays, famous poems by Shelley, etc. And the audience is silly. Whatever. Fuck this guy. Who cares? Ooh, tell me about Ozymandias again. And then this chicken comes along and they're like, guys, this chicken can do math. And the crowd's what? And they go fucking bananas for it. And so I don't know. I wonder if there's, that's a, a shot at the entertainment industry in general that, we we don't want the beautiful prose of Shakespeare or Shelley, but what we do want is a chicken who scratches at the right place to do math. That's uh that's why Greg's been teaching me math. So sooner or later he can send me out into the world to go ahead and do math problems. Only like I cannot let you lie to our listeners. There is nobody less qualified <laughs> on this planet to be teaching anybody math than me. It is straight up. <laughs> I, I think you could actually do better if you were to if you have kids, grab one of your kids' dumbest friends and be like, hey, tell me about math, right? Because they might actually know more. I wasn't good at it when I was forced to study it. I I did so bad on my placement test going into community college that they actually recommended I return to high school and take <laughs> math. And yeah, there is nobody less qualified, both on this podcast for sure, but also like <laughs> in our general orbit to teach you or anyone else math. I can do very basic math. I understand stats pretty well. If I didn't have to do a bunch of fucking algebra and trig to do stats classes, I'd actually probably take one or two and maybe even pursue a degree in it. But yeah, when it comes to the actual bits and bobs of mathematic equations, mm-mm, nope, just toss me right in the river. <laughs> uh, to, to add to this, whenever I was going through engineering, I ended up having to take my math test to qualify to go into engineering four times and failed it four times. So I was like, oh, so engineering's not in my future. Good to mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah, I told in my first job interview for the games industry, they were like, why do you want to work in games? I'm like, are you fucking for real? I always wanted to work in games. And they were like, whoa, how come you never applied for any other job before for that? I was like, because I thought you had to do math. Like, that's <laughs> for real. Hey, that's fair, though. Years later, one of the guys who interviewed me, I was talking to him about something and I was trying to figure out the tip on a bill. He looked at me, he's like, Jesus Christ, you really can't do math. I was like, fuck you, buddy. I don't remember asking you. Why, why don't you just kick in a 20 then, motherfucker? Toss a 20 on that. Oh, all of a sudden, somebody else needs to do some fucking math too, huh? See, that's why That's why I asked my, my wife to go ahead and do the math on the tip, and then I, I pretend like I dropped something. So, 
there's no, I don't have any involvement in it whatsoever. And then when I poke my head back up, she's like, yeah, that's going to be like $15. <laughs> I don't question it. I just pay the $15. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, for me, I'd say that this movie is really good if you like Westerns in any shape or sense. Yeah. If my dad had been around when this movie came out, I would have showed it to him because he loved Westerns. It's why I grew up loving Westerns. And if you've if you've ever found yourself enjoying Westerns, this movie's fun. It's probably got a little bit of something for everyone. If you're somebody who doesn't like Westerns, then you can skip this. There's literally nothing for... There's nothing for you. It doesn't have another mode. There's not like a... There's not like a deeper character driven story or anything like that. This is vignettes. You get what you get and you leave. It's it's like walking between it's actually it's like going to a festival and walking between different stages as bands are playing. So you'll catch like 10 minutes of a set here, 10 minutes of a set there. So it's one of those things that that's what it is. And if anybody tries to tell you different, oh, if you like High Plains Drifter, you have to watch Buster Scruggs. It's not the same, right? You got to have a sense of humor about your Westerns. You got to be willing to watch something that's a little silly that may not carry all the way through and that you're a character you like isn't going to be around for more than 20 minutes and if you're in the mood uh for something short like shorter than our podcast watch one one vignette and then turn it off you can come back later and watch another you can sit there and watch the whole two hours you know what greg and i you know probably did or take it in bits it's not gonna it's not gonna kill you you're not gonna end up feeling like you miss something important whenever the next one pops on because whole new cast and it's not American Horror Story where although it's a whole new cast, it's still the same character, same actors. It's Yeah, you don't have to remember shit from the time before. Exactly. You can literally go, you watch the first one and then come back a year later. You do not have to remember a goddamn thing that happened in the first one. And I think that's another reason why I'm thankful for this because I'm probably not going to remember anything. I'll, I'll remember James Franco hanging and then I'll remember Buster Scrubs basically shooting up an entire planet and then getting shot by someone who does the same tricks that he does. That's going to be the only thing that I'm going to remember. But I, I like, I, I think I like it because that you don't have to remember a lot to be like this, this entertained the shit out of me for two hours. Yeah. It's pure fun entertainment. It's maybe a little bit deeper if you want to to scratch at it, but not by much. It's There's really not a ton there, and it's fine. It works perfectly for this movie. I enjoy the shit out of it, so I think it's a great addition to Western canon. I'm thankful that Netflix decided to make this. Uh, interestingly, I found out when I was doing some research for this movie that apparently it opened in, in theaters at some point. I had really? no idea that this was a theatrical release, but... It has a, a global box office, and there was talk about... They were just trying to get people to fill seats. I never saw a commercial for it that I remember. But it's, in 2018, I wasn't watching a lot of TV that had commercials. I was watching YouTube videos that had commercials. and mm -hmm. So I was, I was getting advertised Hyundai's and Dollar Shave Club. My first interaction with this movie was through Reddit, actually. And someone posted, like, Busta Scrubs singing... I think it, I think it was that opening section where he's... Singing on, on Dan, the horse Dan, the horse's name is Dan, and he's singing and he goes into the bar and then he shoots everybody up. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I need to figure out what it is. And mm -hmm. no one in the Reddit comments explained what it was. So I sent it to you. hate that. Yeah. Oh, it's annoying as shit. So I sent it to you and you're like, that's Buster Scrubs. And I looked that up and it was over on Netflix. I was like, oh, I know what I'm doing today. Yeah, man. And I appreciate oh, it. It's fucking, yeah, it's, it's really good. I had. It's a little too soon in this movie's life to call it a classic, but it's hard to think that it's not at least in the ballpark of all-time good Western movies mm -hmm. just because of of how fucking fun it is. 
I'd say the only thing that really stops it from being that is you do actually have to be a fan of Westerns in the first yeah. place. I think that especially if you especially don't watch those Gene Autry style movies, the ones where he is the literal singing cowboy, then that first opener is you're going to feel weird about it if you're not aware of that, that like trope. It's not trope, like archetype yeah. of, of cowboy from the, the 50s uh, and 40s. Yeah, that you're you're probably gonna think that that's weird. Like, why is is this a musical? And it's just it's just a, a throwback to an older form of cowboy movie. That's the that, that's my only real knock against putting it as like a classic. It's just mm-hmm. that you do need a little bit of genre knowledge for it to really like land with you. Not a lot. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm a Western expert. You've heard our credentials. We watched a lot of westerns as kids. <laughs> that's our that's our credentials. <laughs> with with everything that you said, I gotta say that. Since I know we're getting close to ending this, I would have to give this movie probably like a seven out of nine, just just due to the, like the issues that we pointed out, like the the portrayal of the indigenous people, the portrayal of women, yeah, the fact that if you're not a Western fan and you understand the trope of like your lead character sometimes entering by singing, other than that, I think that it's good for for a majority of people to watch. Yeah, I agree. I would also give this a seven out of nine. I think that this is overall a fun movie. But like I said, having genre knowledge really helps make it more fun. Some of them are pretty self-contained, even for needing some genre knowledge. So like Meal Ticket is a story and the gal who got rattled story that you can enjoy without really any knowledge. They don't reference anything, but they're still going to be a little bit more fun if you're already familiar with the tropes or you've especially grown up watching a shitload of movies that all kind of feel the same at a certain point. So, yeah. That's solid 7 out of 9 from both of us. We've been streaming Wasteland. It's been the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Sorry, we've been streaming Thanksland, and this has been the Ballad of Buster Scrubs. And we're thankful for this movie. We're thankful for you guys for listening, and I hope you're enjoying your Thanksgiving. You can find us on all of the socials, all of the podcast places. Feel free to drop us a line at streamingwasteland at gmail.com, spelled exactly as you found it on, however you found the show. That's how it's spelled, probably. Uh, if you found us on TikTok, we have vowels. <laughs> and on that note, say gobble gobble, Ringo. Pan shot, gobble gobble. Gobble gobble. Gobble gobble. See ya. Bye. <laughs>